Welcome, everybody, to the Nash Vocations podcast. I am your host, Anthony Romeo. I'm a third-year theologian, which means I've got a year left to diaconate. And with me is Patrick Held. Hey, I am Patrick Held. I am from Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, ordination class or uh, priest is uh, 2023. Also, Justin Farr. Uh, you know, my name is Justin Farr from Nashville, uh, Tennessee. I go to St. Monrad Seminary in uh, St. Monrad, Indiana. And uh, again, I, I'm, my ordination class is 2024. And also Christian Hamrick. Yes, my name is Christian Hamrick. I'm a college four, so I have one year left now of college seminary. And I go to Holy Trinity in Dallas, Texas. Very good. Well, thank you guys for joining us. And today's topic, this first episode of our podcast, is on discernment. And the very first question, we'll just break it out with Christian here. What is discernment? Well, I think um, one way you can begin is sort of coming up with a uh, general definition of what discernment means, kind of the the movement or methodology of discernment. And I was trying to come up with a sort of formulation earlier, and one formulation that I came up with was it is a acceptance and authentication on the part of a subject, so on the part of a person, of a objective call to a particular vocation from God. Um, and so you are receiving, or you think you might be receiving, this objective call to the married life or to the priestly vocation or to religious life. And your assertion of that call occurs in conjunction, in a way, with God. You receive it, and then over time, you then authenticate, is this from God? Is God really calling me to this? But that is ultimately a work that, yeah, you have to do along with God. God doesn't just say, uh, or he doesn't force you in a way to do something, or he doesn't sort of immediate, in the most cases, immediately reveal it 100% to you. It is, uh, there's a lot of dialogue that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of the subjective bit. But ultimately, the call itself is objective. And you are third college coming to third college? Going into fourth college. And uh, one of the things that they ask is for your discernment to essentially be complete going into first theology. So when you entered seminary, you know, your first discernment would be, okay, um, am am I supposed to be here, right? And you have to figure that out first. And then as time goes on, you figure out, okay, is, is God calling me to be a priest? I do want to say one quick thing, though. Um, we're all called to marriage, right? Father Hammond was called to marriage, Father Gilstrap, Bishop Spaulding. Placed on top of that is a supernatural vocation that we can say yes to, right? Or we can say no to. And that's that's why it, why it's so important to be free. It has to be that free choice. Go ahead. Yeah, and I think... Um kind of in conjunction with that, is one important thing that Father Gilstrap often reminds us of, and you hear oftentimes, is that um, even if you sort of, I don't want to say miss your vocation Mm -hmm. or whatever in a way, like, oh, I'm pretty sure, like, I was called to the priesthood, but I was too afraid of that, so I decided to get married and whatever, it doesn't mean that you'll be unhappy, it doesn't mean that, like, ah, I feel like I missed my vocation, so I'm going to be miserable for the rest of my life. 
it just means that that is what God was calling you to um, particularly. But again, it, in God's providence, he can work with that and still make good come out of it, and you can be happy. It just isn't exactly what he might have been calling you to sure. before. Justin, you want to comment on that? Yeah, like, we'll comment on like, what you said a little bit earlier about, like, this. Everybody's called to marriage, in a sense. And I, and I was just thinking about this mm-hmm. when I was driving into here, is that it's very true. And, and that everybody, of course, there's this natural vocation to marriage that everybody kind of assumes that they might be called into. Sure. But there's interestingly said, everybody's called to marriage. Well, everybody also is called to give life in some way. And the married person is called to give life, but also the celibate person is called to give life. Everybody is called to give life in some way. And in particular regards to the priesthood, his we like we get to talk about this more when we get to the like celibacy episode like uh later on. I mean like maybe then whenever we do that. Sure. Uh, and that is like when we think about what a priest is giving up, we may think about oh, celibacy, something is given up. But no, like a priesthood is still giving something. He's still finding a way to give life. And in the priesthood, he, he's figuring out a way that he's called as a celibate person to give life that was supposed to uh, create, like give birth to new life in the church and stuff. And so a celibate person, just as a married person, is called to give life as well. Right. Either way, you're called to that sacrifice of either giving yourself completely to a woman and to a family or giving yourself completely to God and the sacraments. And there's also that universal call to holiness, right? Patrick, did you want to... I think everything is pretty good, though. Um, yeah, just and just in general, though, just kind of give you, I guess, I, I just what what is discernment in general? It's just a process of thinking of, okay, am I called to the priesthood? Am I called to be married? Am I called to be a celibate uh, or a single? Um, or whatever the case, you know, it's just just a prayer. It's just a process of thinking and praying, and just a whole bunch of other things. Right. I think one of the things that they, Father Wayner tells us, my rector down at Notre Dame Seminary, um, he says, you know, no one's trapped to become a priest. You receive a call from God to become a priest. It's not something you don't have to do. That right. It's a supernatural uh, vocation. And so by that, you, you you have to have supernatural means. You have to rely on God's grace to do it. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just want to kind of provide like my own answer to what is discernment. And I think again, exactly what Christian was talking about. He talked about this objective sense, uh, and that objective sense comes from having a primacy on the will of God in regards to what God has created you to be. And and discernment to me is is the way is like is is figuring out that way in which you perform the first and second greatest commandments in the best possible way. So in, in that like in the first and second greatest commandment in regards to Jesus, it says how to love God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And 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 to do those two things for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. And those are four things. And to, like in the best way you're going to love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself for the glory of God and the salvation of souls, that the best way you're going to do that, that is the answer to your vocation right there, is whether that's marriage, religious life, or consecrated single life, the best way you're going to love God and love your neighbor for the salvation of souls and the glory of God, that is the answer to your vocation. And figuring out that answer to that question is discernment. And so... Um, like uh, and 
and and really it comes to and then once you do that, then you can truly be what Saint Irenaeus says: you could truly be a man fully alive. Because once you figure out that vocation, then it's I mean it's you can set the world on fire and stuff. So. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, to to move on, so on a more practical level, how does one say a guy prospective seminarian? How does one even begin to discern that call to, to the priesthood, maybe in your own life? Christian, I'll start with you. Well, I think certainly one has to begin from a general posture of receptivity, most assuredly, um, because um, as we've been saying, that it is a call that you receive. It's not, uh, it's not like, oh, I've decided that I want to go be a doctor, or I want to be a lawyer, or I want to be a teacher. It isn't really on the first level, what I want to do. Because oftentimes that's something that actually has to be overcome. It has to be like, well, my whole life I wanted to be this, but I feel like there's this small voice inside of me that's saying priesthood, priesthood, religious life, religious life, whatever that may be. Um, So we have to acknowledge um, that it is ultimately something that we first have to receive, and there has to be that general openness to receiving it, because God, in some cases, has called people for 30, 40 years. They tell about it in their vocation stories, but they always pushed it down or said, no, I don't want to hear that, or I don't want to go join that, or that seems too difficult, or that's not what I want to do. Um, So definitely, on a sort of preliminary level, there has to be a openness to um, what God wants and not merely um, what I want. Now, hopefully, by the end of all this discernment process, you will learn that what God wants is actually what you want and what you should want, Um, but in the beginning, it might seem like there's sort of a conflict. So there has to be that... um, opening of oneself to receiving the call, I think most assuredly. Um, And then, of course, after that, it then, before, um, and I'll just address this opening um, bit before you actually go to the institution, um, but before there then has to be a prayerful dialogue and really delving into, I have this, feel like, I feel like I have this small call, um, what do I think that looks like on a preliminary level? Should I go discern this call? Like, is this a call to the priesthood? Is it a call to the religious life? Um, before you maybe go and enter a formal institution of discernment. And that, of course, is happens through your own prayer life, and then maybe you decide to reach out to your parish priest and start something like spiritual direction, um, things like that. So you're constantly... Um, addressing it on your own. No, I think that's good. I think you ultimately, you know, it's communication with God. I mean, that's the that's the very basis. Regardless of what vocation you're called to, you have to have that consistent uh, conversation with God. Justin, for you, discernment, um, how did you sort of begin that discernment, and how did that in your prayer life sort of manifest in a way to where you were like, okay, I, I got to go to seminary? Yeah, I think for me, like for one thing, I was, I, it got to a point where, I stopped, like, uh, assuming marriage. Like, you know, we're all called to have a natural vocation. I mean, like, there's this natural vocation of marriage that most people are called to. But I think when you get to a certain age, 
you have a man, especially a a, a man in a Latin rite church, has to think about, okay, God could be calling me to any vocation. And so there's a point where even you stop assuming the natural vocation of marriage and start opening yourself up to all the vocations that God could be calling you to be. Now, again, every God situation is different. And so this temporary suspension of the natural vocation of marriage may be, um, may be, um, Temp, like it may be long or it may be short and stuff like that. In my case, it was something that get, that like that, that continued on until I start until that time I went into seminary and so when I got serious about it. And so, what happened to me is that I stopped assuming marriage and started to open myself up to God's call. And then once I opened myself up to God's call, there's this attraction that I had towards priesthood, and I wanted to look into it and investigate it and discover that. More and and to get into the practical bits of looking into the priesthood, there is like what I did was not only like prayed like I mean if not every day just a repeated prayer God show me whether or not this is my vocation, and He will eventually show you and and for me I mean like some guys may get the cloud in the sky or like voice or something, but for most of us it's going to be a a gradual call that when we look back in hindsight we will see. This is where this is what we've been doing. This is what God's been calling me to do. So then I prayed, and then I looked up a whole bunch of materials on on vocation, but priesthood videos, talks, lectures, books, especially um, "Save a Thousand Souls" by Father Brent Brannon, like and looking up all these things about priesthood and stuff like that, and filling my mind with this, filling my mind, and later what was in my mind came down to be in my heart and everything, and so. I prayed and then and I did that for like uh, for two years, I'm like late 2015 and like 2016 and 17, 18, all that, and and eventually got to the point where things welled up so much in my head. And this thought of priesthood, this thought of of possibly being a priest and doing priestly things, began to be so too consistent and too persistent within my heart that I like I couldn't think of anything else. I woke up thinking about it. I went to sleep thinking about it. All throughout the day I'm thinking about it. Even when I was at my job, I was thinking about it. It's like, man, it's like, and even it got to the point where like even with different songs and stuff like that, there was like, I, like even songs, there were secular songs happening. And then the dude, the priesthood, it'd be like, you know that song by Smash Mouth is like, you never know if you don't go. I was like, well, you never know if you don't go. Like the seminary is like, well, I got, when I was God calling you to be a priest, and I was thinking about that. And so, if, when when priesthood becomes everything in a way before seminary, then that's when you know you probably got something here. What makes this different than you know, like for instance, my father was a salesman, so I always looked up to him, and I'm like, man, when I grow up, I want to be a salesman. I'm I'm, I'm just gonna pull the plug. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go to college for business. I'm gonna come out. What makes this different than that? that, you know, any other profession of, hey, I'm just going to go be a firefighter, boom, going to go do it. What makes this more unique? Well, I think it's probably because it is supernatural, um, because the, I don't know if I want to use the word vocation necessarily, um, but you could describe it that way, of uh, what people want to do with their professional lives, for instance, um, like being a firefighter or being a salesperson or whatever, that um, they might feel like that they, like everything in their life has sort of come together where it seems like, oh, I'd be happiest this way. And it seems like, oh, like 
in a way, it feels like God is calling me to this, but I don't think that is the same supernatural call as there is in um, the the vocations of married life, priesthood, religious life, whatever. I think a distinction could be made um, in that ultimately the question that you ask with those vocations or those jobs, occupations, is probably a good word for it, um, is what do I want? Because in that instance, the likelihood is that what you want to do in that instance is in conjunction with and does not come into conflict God's will for you, especially if it's like, oh, if I feel like I'm called to the married life and I can do that at the same time as being a car salesman, that doesn't conflict with your call to the married life, per se. Um, whereas uh, the call to the priesthood or supernatural call or whatever, that does come to the um, exclusion of marriage life or uh, religious life in some instances, uh, things like that. Yeah, and that reminds me, like Christian, of like, like the first and uh, I mean, uh, there's a a primary vocation and a secondary vocation. Like the primary vocation is the vocation of holiness and stuff, and then the second, uh, and then the secondary vocation is that is that way that you can the way that you're going to be holy and stuff. And so even in the, like, so when it comes to like the married life, like, uh, like the, your primary vocation is marriage and family, but then, and then to live, to, to live in a secondary kind of sense, like the jo- whatever job you have is supposed to support that marriage and that family that you're living out and everything. What you were saying, Justin is good. And then kind of the, the distinction and that I was trying to um, get at earlier um, is that distinction of, the will in one sense it's like and with the occupations it really is sort of what you want to do and you can again have the sense of like oh god's feel like god's calling me to be a firefighter or whatever Um, but that isn't the same sort of receptivity of a supernatural vocation as like priesthood or married life is Um, whereas in the other instance the question is not here's my particular interest and i've really enjoyed doing this so i want to be an occupational therapist it is um, what is God's will, and that's the primary question. Sure, and that can still obviously play a role in um, occupations, mm-hmm. um, but it isn't necessarily. It doesn't have the same sort of primacy um, as it does with the supernatural vocation. I think an important distinction too, and you guys probably remember this from you know our various formation conferences that we have in seminary. But one of the things that Father Weiner tells us is remember that the church is discerning as well. You, you might say, okay, okay, I'm called to be a priest, I'm going to be a priest, and then you might get, you know, four or five years into your seminary education and, and discernment, and they might tell you, you know, we're, we're not seeing it, your formation team, because the church is also discerning you, right? And so that, there's that two-part discernment. You're putting your best foot forward, and then the church is looking into you saying, is this man supposed to be a priest, right? Patrick, what do you think about... Um, you know, diocesan priesthood versus religious life. How did you know specifically that you wanted to be a priest for the Diocese of Nashville? That is a good question. Um, so I have, you know, growing up in Columbia, I, uh, at the, at the uh, Catholic parish at St. Catharines, I grew up serving on the altar. Um, well, as soon as I could, at least not. I didn't. I was a baby, of course. But um, as, as soon as I reached the age, I started serving. So I kept on 
seeing myself, you know, both figuratively and I figuratively and I guess literally in the same sense, um, on the altar, um, serving and assisting the priest. And I saw myself, I was like, yeah, I could do this. And so, of course, that is a diocesan parish. And so that was natural fit. And so then I decided to meet uh, with Bishop Choby, rest in peace, but, and I uh, met with him multiple times. Um, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, he talked to me about it. And I did same thing as well. And so then we were like, okay, yeah, this is a good fit. And two, the one thing for me with diocesan is I'm, I'm very close with my family. Uh, family is one of my foundations in my life. And so as a diocesan, we are restricted, in a sense, and to, within the diocese of Nashville. Um, so all the way, all the way up to all the way to McEwen, all the way down to Lawrenceburg, Loretto, all the way up to Clarksville, and all the east up to uh, Martin. No, no, wherever. Uh, forget Cookville, around there. Um, so all within the diocese, I know I'm going to be assigned somewhere within one of those parishes within these boundaries. Compared to religious life, which is a very excellent calling, I encourage anyone that wants to go religious to do that too. Um, as well as diocesan, just really explore that. But with religious, we are really kind of, they are more widespread. They can go anywhere their uh, superiors tell them. Um, so, but for me, religious would be a very good fit, but I think diocesan just fits my life. You're more, you are a secular priest. You are with the people. You're all around the people. You get to know them, get to be a part of their families. So that's what really drew me was, stay close to my family, I can get into other people's families too and really become one with them. Yeah, I, I definitely do agree with that too. Like, like, where do you want to kind of spend the rest of your life in a way? It's like, do you want to spend in communion like with like a community, a specific community all the rest of your life or do you want to kind of spend it like uh, like kind of in the trenches, so to speak, in the church and stuff and, uh, and, and out there with the people? And I think that was, that, that was kind of, in regards to me, like, what, what am I primarily attracted to? When I, when I think about this question, I still think about this question. Because another thing that you have to consider is that, like, it ain't over, really, discernment until you get to those hands like, laid on you and stuff. But until you figure out what God's ca- calling to be. But even still, like, the, you always got to be open and be, like what Christian said, that receptivity. It, because, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, like, God's calling me to be a, a diocesan priest. But, again, religious I'm always still open to that, and, to, and he might may have a call within a call, so to speak. But in regards to me, like like whenever I thought about religious life and and being part of a religious community, like the, like it was almost like a like a, a, a like a, a plane that was in the sky that that crashed very soon after and stuff. It's like there wasn't as much interest in that as it was to like this boundless source of curiosity and interest and energy that was looking looking at like being a just a regular priest in a diocese serving the people of God within Nashville and and like and, and thinking about that and even doing that now in like when, when you in the parish uh in parish life and you're just doing that and that and and, and you're living that life there and 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 you feel like you Authentic, like the authenticity, serving the people of God, and 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 figuring out where where do you want to go and help save souls and do battle for the kingdom of God, 
Like, do you want to do it like within like the within cloister walls? Even though there is a sense of like, depending on what order you have, and like the apostolic life can apply there. But also, but but do you want to primarily do it within a church, within a diocese, and 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 to go out there and be that that field hospital that Pope Francis is talking about and stuff, and to help do battle in the trenches there. Yeah, I think I was a little bit different than than you guys insofar as I, maybe it was a bit selfish, but I, I really started the whole discernment thing, or at least what I, what I came to realize what was discernment, because I really wanted that question of, hey, is God calling me to this, to be answered, and I wanted that to be a no, so that I could just go and get married, right? And I really wanted that freedom, and so I was like, you know, it kept bothering me. I was like, goodness, Lord, just leave me alone, right? And so... I began to talk to some of my priest friends, and I was like, listen, I've got this question. And they're like, oh, that's it. If you have a question, and you're, well, you're wondering this, you got to go to seminary. That's the only place that you can go to figure this out. You're, you're not going to be able to be sitting at home watching Netflix and be like, aha, I got it. I'm not called to be a priest, or I am called to be a priest. You've got to make that initial step forward and be like, I want to discern this, and I and the, and the proper channel, the proper way to do that is in a seminary. Yeah, and I think that's a good point to make, um, is that you've got to go do it, because just because there is a receptive element, primarily, um, in that way you can consider it almost a passive element, that doesn't then just mean that it comes to the exclusion of any of our actions um, that play a huge role in discernment. Um, Oftentimes, they serve as sort of a first confirmation of maybe this is a potential call, or I feel much more sure now, or much less sure, of you feel that first receptive call, for instance, to, uh, I feel like I might be called to go be a Dominican of the Southern Province, let's say. And you decide, okay, this might be potential. Um, and then you go to, you do an action. Uh, you say, okay, I feel like I might be called to this. So now I'm going to go on one of their discernment weekends or go on a, um, like to visit their house or whatever. And you go there and you have that active experience um, and you determine, oh, yes, I feel much more sure of this having lived with them and been steeped in their community life that I feel called to this um, or I want to pursue this calling more or you might leave going yep nope I'm pretty sure that's not it so maybe it's this other community or maybe it's diocesan maybe I should visit this other institution um, or something like that and something in that um, just like with all the vocations um, is that it engages the whole person So it isn't merely a spiritual component, just like all the vocations aren't merely spiritual. One of the things I like to cite or say all the time is that we're not Gnostics. So we don't believe that the bodily component, the active component by which we live and move and act in the world, we don't think it's bad, and we think it's essential to um, all of the vocations, not just married life, it's essential for the priesthood. Think about the sacraments. There's a very sort of grounded, natural way that they exist. You have to have the substance of a person, um, a physical person, for there to be the sacrament of holy orders. 
Um, so in that way, these sort of active components of discernment um, really affirm that sort of bodily element, the act that you have to make on your own, in your own person. That's good. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, it's it's difficult to sort of think back to that time, um, especially for me, because, gosh, it's been years since that in- initial moments. It had been 2009 since I was thinking of those, you know, pulling up at those doors of the seminary and being like, okay, did I make the right decision here, right? And I, and I actually didn't like my first year of seminary. Um, then again, seminary was radically different back then. But, you know, it, it came down to an, an every night kind of thing. I was like, all right, Lord, you know, this is your world. I'm just passing through here. So um, I think that for discernment, again, I think that that initial question of, is God calling me to be a priest? And if you don't have that immediate response or there's something sort of lingering there, I think it is important for just really anyone that's asking that question to think about, okay, well, if I were to do this, what would be my next step? Yeah, yeah, I guess like um, it's uh, it's a this is important. I mean, like Chris, you bring up a very good point of how, like, we're kind of grounded in the world. We're not Gnostics. We're grounded in God's creation, and so there's a lot of different things that can touch base with one another, like. And and another and and this call within the priesthood it can be very this call the priesthood religious life or doing anything for God in the church can be kind of like abstracted out in, in a lot of people's minds to like this highly exalted thing that has nothing to do with what we're doing below or any any just normal kind of natural thing I mean but like but it's the fact of the matter is like whatever call that we have is situated within the human context, is situated within the world, because God calls us while we're in the world to to something greater that's outside of the world. And so, like, God calls us where we are, where we exist in the world. And he says, and when he created the world, he says, like, this is good and stuff. And so, like, and when we think about that, there's so much of parallels between when God calls a man to the priesthood, and when, and we, and when a man goes to investigate that and do the practical things, like go and try to, and in the best way that he can, gradually be a little priest in the sense that he does the things a priest does, like he altar serves, he he wears like a cassock and and uh, what they call it a, a surplus and stuff when he serves mass, and he and he and, he, and eventually he. He he says morning and evening prayer of the little, of the office and stuff, or he graduates and say saying all the prayers of he does he replicates the best way he can the life of a priest in the situation that he is in right now. Just as when you go off to police academy or police seminary and and put on a uniform and and do police related things at at the academy, or you go into a, 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 a like a, the the academy to be a firefighter. Or or a doctor, you become a like a, a seminarian, so to speak, for these other vocations. And all, and again, you don't just show up in that mud and like uh, and, and you just and you and you are already just made a police officer so it t- or or a doctor. It takes years to to be there and to do the things that are uh, that are proximate to the 
to this particular profession that over time you figure out, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then it get, reaches that point of graduation day and we, or, or whatever to the point where you, you, yeah, this is what I want to be. And you become that and you're bestowed the office of a police officer, the office of a doctor, the office of a firefighter, or the office of the priesthood and stuff. And, and then that, and you do these practical steps and you go, and you go somewhere to figure out and you, whether, or not you, whether or not you want to do this thing. And I think it's important to put that disclaimer out there of, you know, there's, it's totally okay if you do a couple of years at seminary and then you're like, hey, I, I don't want this, right? I don't see myself like this. I think God's telling me to go get married, or at least I'm not called to be a priest, right? And uh, my, my good buddy, Malachi Walker, who discerned out, I think this uh, two years ago, one of his uh, statements as we were sort of talking about his own personal discernment is uh, he said, the priesthood of Jesus Christ, it's awesome. It's not for me. And it was like, wow. Because like, for, for me, I was like, I totally see myself like that. And he, and he, he didn't. And so there's that two ends of, of discernment, and it's totally okay. Like in a police academy, like the example you used, Justin, of, uh, um, you know, you could, you could do that and be like, you know, I don't want to be a cop. Um, you, could, you could go to seminary and find out this isn't for me. But I know that for me, when I went to that initial live-in, I don't know which one you talked about, the live-in, like where you go to the seminary and see what it's all about. Um, I did it just because, again, I was like, well, this will be, this is the last thing I'm going to do, and I won't take any more steps forward. Um, and, and when I got to the live-in, I was like, oh, man, these guys are super quirky and weird, right? But there's something about this that feels like this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, so I think it's also important to remind ourselves that, um, you know, like in Scripture where the, the Lord says, um, you know, what good father amongst you would give your uh, son a, a scorpion when he asks for a fish, et cetera. Like we have to remember that God wants us to find our vocation so that we can ultimately serve him in the absolute best capacity that we can. That's what he created us for. Well, I think that's a pretty good uh, place to start with discernment. Um, just to wrap up, any concluding concluding thoughts on, you know, something that you wished you knew, you know, when you were starting this whole journey on discernment, like, man, I wish somebody would have told me that it would have put a you know, big ease on my mind or et cetera. So the first thing, so for me, I, uh, I wish I knew that I could go and tour some seminaries. Uh, I never had the chance. The first time I stepped into a seminary was the day I was moving into it. Um, so I was applying. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Had no idea what it's going to be like at all. Um, and I'm down in New Orleans, so that's the first time I've ever been to New Orleans. So um, it was a completely new experience. I I never I didn't know I could visit um, places. And so and then also the other thing is uh, how important prayer is throughout this whole process of discernment. Prayer is the basis of this of discernment. And no matter what you're doing. Uh, no matter your vocation, prayer is important. You got to have that dialogue with God, um, and especially with the priesthood, because as priests, we're going to be uh, offering masses on behalf of the souls of the past, people that have gone before us, uh, the present, and the future. We are offering uh, masses for their salvation, for the salvation of souls. Um, so that prayer, if you don't have a prayer life, you're not actively involved within the mass. Um, you're just saying words. You're not really actually praying. Um, so that is important. Prayer is definitely important. That's something I still struggle with 
Um, but I still, it's something that I, I hold on to and then I grasp. So, and then the other thing was how important uh, family is, at least in my situation is family, you got to have that strong connection with your family. You got to, you got to call your mom at least once a week. Uh, at least, you know, just call every so often. Call, talk to your sisters or brothers or nieces, whatever, you know, keep in touch with your family. Don't, just because you go away to seminary, you got to cut off communications with everyone. You got to stay in contact with people. Yeah, I think I just want to reaffirm um, something that Justin had said. Um, and this isn't something that I necessarily um, had an issue with because I was fortunate enough to go to um, a Catholic high school and have a chaplain that was very engaged in um, vocational promotion um, and did things like seminary visits and um, spiritual direction. So we kind of did a lot of that hard work for us um, in making it available. Um, but I do want to affirm that active component of the um, being steeped in the life of the church and things like altar serving and um, going on visits and getting involved in the life of your parish or a discernment group or a men's group because, um, as we had mentioned earlier, it isn't merely... Um, your individual choice or your individual occupation. Um, it's not like what you have in um, Protestant circles where, where they say they go to quote-unquote seminary. That is them deciding, I want to be a minister, and so I'm going to go get a degree in whatever. But they make that decision themselves. They pay for it themselves. They um, do that all of their own volition. And then, and this is one of the things that you have to always explain to people, they go, oh, well, what, what do you do after that? Because the understanding in, for instance, Protestant circles is I go on my own, I get my degree, and then I get hired by a church to be their minister, by an individual community or something like that. That is not how uh, discernment or seminary life occurs in the Catholic Church, um, because you are sponsored by a diocese. You make your promises to your bishop. You're discerning the priesthood specifically within the context of this diocese of this community. Um, and that is extended to those opening phases of discernment. So becoming steeped in the life of your local parish community, whether that's altar serving or men's groups or whatever, um, is a introductory way, a preliminary way, in which you are engaged in your discernment in the life of the church. It's not being done in isolation. So I want to affirm that, definitely the notion of becoming involved in doing those things in conjunction with feeling called. Well, I guess, like, going back to that original question, is there something that, like, I would have... Uh, wish I knew then that I know now in regards to discernment. I mean, I guess, like, I, mean, I was listening, listening to, like, Patrick and Christian talking, thinking, man, I, I can't think of something. And and But you know what? That might be okay because there may be some guys who did what I did or, or, or treat seminary or, or, like, treat discernment that those times, go, like, that, that in that period before they actually enter seminary, 
doing, like some of the things I did and like having the same mindset. And that is like, I mean, I looked at it in the, sort of the same mindset that I did I mean, as a convert coming into the church where like I spent years thinking about converted to the church and 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 looking up a whole bunch of resources and 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 a whole bunch like again a whole bunch of resources and thinking and praying and 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 suffering and 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 rejoicing and all kind and all the panorama of of emotions a man can go to and just thinking about whether or not I join the Catholic Church or not and then you know that's going to be in the same thing in regards to whether or not I be a priest or not and and discerning uh, that call of whether or not God is going to be a priest, it, for me, it was leaving, like, no ter- no stone left unturned. I mean, like, and and and, it's, and for me, this is only my second year of seminary, uh, and I'm going into theology. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where I was thinking and discerning and, and, and exhausting every possible avenue that I had, that, that I tried to go down. And so right now, I'm like, uh, like, I'm to the point where it's like, like I don't know if I have something I knew then that I knew now as much as like I like like I, I like just mentally I just exhausted everything before going into seminary and so I'm not sure I have anything that that I knew that I knew I wish I knew then and again that will again maybe maybe for me I need a little bit more time and that's going to come God is going to show me that later on but I mean I just kind of want to say just kind of make my question like make my response to kind of a vague vague or kind of like a like a a non-answer type of answer in a way because some guys may feel that way listening to this very podcast right now so and i think to conclude i think we can just all think about colossians three seventeen. whatever you do do it in the name of the lord jesus because that's ultimately that's that's why we're here it's to glorify god the sanctification of man All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me. And uh, thanks for all those that tuned in to the Nash Vocations podcast.